friends, and welcome back to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it, the show that helps you grow. My name is Jason. This is Linda. Hey, you can't see her, but she's here. And we are on the uh, spiritual growth team at Saddleback. Friends, we are in for quite the treat today. This is her third appearance on Doable Discipleship. Always such a pleasure to have Kay Warren with us. Kay, how are you doing today? Um, well, I'm doing, I'm doing well, all things considered. <laughs> all, all, all things considered, what she is alluding to, if you, if for some reason you have not heard, you've, I'm sure you have heard by now that um, on uh, Thursday of the uh, last week, so on June 2nd, Kay and Rick officially announced that um, Andy and Stacy Wood would be coming on as the new senior pastor at Saddleback Church. A year ago, they had announced that they would be uh, starting the transition process, and uh, the uh, official announcement was made on, on June 2nd, just a few days ago. And so... We're especially uh, grateful that Kay has agreed to come on to talk with us today. And we're going to be spending this time talking all things transition. But I wanted to just start, Kay, how does it feel now to have everything public? You know, I'm sure I'm sure this is something that you've been that you've known and been holding on to. It's been a long process. How does it feel now that everything is, you know, out in the open about all this? Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> I, hate I hate secrets. I can't, I can't even keep people's birthday secrets, let alone, you know, <laughs> stuff like this. So it was really stressful, you know, to not so much for Saddleback because Saddleback's known that we're in a transition period. It's not been a secret where it talks about it. I mean, the who and the when was not known, but the fact that we're in transition was not a secret. However, you know, Andy and Stacy's church were completely oblivious to what yeah. was going on. And so we didn't, we just want to be so careful that we did nothing that damaged their church in the process. They deserve to hear it from, you know, Andy and Stacy, not through some gossip mill or some um, social media, you know, little, Hey, I've got this hot tip thing. So yeah. it was mostly just trying to protect their congregation, but I'm just so glad it's, uh, it was a miracle to keep Rick's lips sealed. <laughs> yeah, he is I, not a good secret keeper. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was so special at the staff meeting yesterday when Rick told us, and you went up to talk with you know on stage too, <laughs> and just the openness of you saying it's it's a pure miracle that Rick was able to keep this oh. in, and and Rick you know agreed you know yeah, to, yeah. to his it, credit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is not a secret that he doesn't keep secrets. So. <laughs> Well, and especially so, yeah, it's a great relief. It's a great relief. Oh, good. Yeah, and especially something as exciting as this. I mean, exactly to have him have to hold back good news. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's tough. <laughs> so, we didn't just start talking about transition a year ago. Actually, three years ago is when you guys kind of started talking about it. And I know that we've talked about the fact that you guys had originally planned to leave in about 2020. So, Walk us through the process you guys went through when you realized that that was not the time, because I'm sure that all of the energy and the preparation was was in place, and then all of a sudden it was like, this isn't the time. No, that's not actually the way it happened. Okay. <laughs> that is what you might surmise, but that would not be so. Correct um, me. You know, and when Rick ever comes on, he can tell you his point of view. And as you know, <laughs> he knows us, knows that we have slightly different points of views on things. So I'll tell it to you from my point of view. That's and then great. he can tell you his point of view at some point, hopefully. Um, the way that I recall it happening is um, we had 
always thought that we would retire at, at 40 years, which was basically Easter Sunday of, of 2020. That would have marked our 40th you know, year at Saddleback. And probably in around when it got to maybe three years before that. Mm. So three years before 2020. Okay. Um, our kids started asking, say, so you guys, you know, you're thinking of is that going to happen. You guys still. And at that point it was like, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> Rick's because I've spent my whole adult life thinking that's what we're doing. And I like an orderly plan. And, um, and he was like, yeah, I think so. And, and, uh, you know, there was a little bit of panic among our troops, um, of just like, wait, what? Yeah. What do you do? He I hear hesitation. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And he didn't, even then he didn't have a sense that that was what God was releasing him to do, mm-hmm. but I still was pretty sure that's what we were doing. And, and then, you know, another year goes by and start to, you know, bring up the conversation again. And he's like, ah, it just, I don't know, you know? And so for me, there was a lot of angst and struggle and, um, frustration because I, just the way I'm wired, I don't, I don't change easily. So I had spent 37 years Uh by that point thinking we had an end date and get closer to it and decide, discover my husband wasn't on that page, even though he couldn't articulate it. And so actually for us, there was some conflict, um, because I, I just couldn't quite figure that out and had to just end up trusting that God, I mean, that, that God would speak to Rick and in, in the right time. And so then it got to the place of it's getting closer. And, um, and, and we, then we both knew it wasn't going to happen yeah. at 40 years. He just was absolutely did not feel a release from the Lord to, to resign, did not feel that that was the right time. He couldn't articulate why. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to our minds, it was settled. And it was, then it was just for me, okay, wait until God makes this clear. Mm. Um, Because if it's not clear for both of us, then it's not right. That is one of the things I had learned about churches transitioning is that you both have to be ready and right or just doesn't work. So uh, a lot of just trusting God for me and Rick just kind of holding his hands open saying, God, I don't know what you're doing or why. And so we had our 40th anniversary giant party, you know, on, it turned out it was my birthday, February 9th, yeah. uh, 2020, the big party celebrating our 40 years. We have these grand plans for all that's going to go on in that 40th year, yeah, yeah. parties and studies and events and dinners and <laughs> celebrate this and celebrate that. And, you know, we just, we had this full year mapped out of, of honoring and celebrating our mm. 40th anniversary there. And then when covid you know landed with a thud on the world um we still didn't quite get that we were there intentionally Um, i think it became clearer well became clear to us i will really never forget um the day that it um Ahmaud Arbery had died and George Floyd had been murdered and I mean so at Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and we had gathered our African-American staff on a Zoom call to just lament and cry and ask them to share if they were willing, if they felt safe to do that, to share their own, where they had experienced, um, you know, racism, not only just, you know, in their own lives growing up, but particularly at church, at, at 
Saddleback. And, and, and so this probably, I can't remember how many 20 or 30 people were so incredibly vulnerable Mm -hmm. and honest. And it was one of the most painful and powerful conversations I think I've ever been a part of. And I, remember listening to their stories of harm and, and pain and hurt and suffering and sorrow. And um, particularly as it related to the family of God. And, um, and I remember sitting there thinking, God, I am being so honored right now with these, these stories of, of harm and nobody owes us this kind of vulnerability. Nobody owes that to us. And here they are sharing so sweetly, so honestly. We got off that call. Rick and I do um, Zoom in different rooms because it's really hard for us to do a Zoom in the same room. And I won't say this because he's louder than me or takes up more of the camera no. space and I can't fit. I won't say anything. No, we that. weren't saying, yeah. Let's just, say, <laughs> let's just say we were in different parts of the house on the same Zoom call. And I remember, so I walked from my home office he came out of his home office we kind of met in the middle we were stunned we were shocked we were we were broken hearted and through tears we said to each other at almost the same time this is why we're still here mm. this wow. is why we're still here and for me the several years of of frustration and just felt I don't know, just dysregulated by my plans being upended of what I thought life was going to be like. And so we have not only COVID that's raging, but here is this painful, horrible, um, racist acts in our country. And we've just heard the stories of people we love and looking at each other and going, no, this is why, Mm. this is why we're here. That took away a lot of the struggle to me Mm. of waiting for God then to reveal what was the next step. Because it, in the middle of these terrible moments, terrible moments in history, terrible moments in our country, terrible moments in our community, in our church, we had clarity as to why God had left us um, at Saddleback feeling like a new person would have so much. You've heard Rick say this, but, but this really was the truth. Feeling like a new pastor would have difficulty trying to lead a congregation as large as Saddleback um, through those turbulent waters. Mm-hmm. And so that created peace mm. uh, that created a kind of peace in the middle of chaos that yes, God was in charge of our transition. He was in charge of the timing of that. He was in charge of when and how it was going to happen. And even though it had been a very circuitous unplanned <laughs> unhappy feeling detour to me for a couple of years, um, it suddenly made sense in a way that it was like, okay, we can just, we just need to relax into this mm. and be, be the leaders that God needs us to be. We need to lead our flock. We need to um, do the work here in this really rough time that honors God and cares for his flock. And then it moved from, yes, this is some of the hardest ministry we've ever done those two years were some of the hardest ministry we've ever done, but there was also, there was peace and there was a joy of this is what we're supposed to be doing. And when the rest of it comes, we'll know. And I think that was a really long answer. No, No, that's a great answer. (laughs) And I think it's, it's so special now to be able to think back to 
at that, you know, just the thing that God was still telling the soil and Andy and Stacy's heart to be uh, prepped for a decision to move. And at the same time that he was using them to lead the echo congregation during those turbulent times, just like you guys, it was, it, it, it's, it, it goes, it, it's, uh, it's really a testament to the power of stability um, that you guys were both still in these places, l- leading congregations yeah. through unprecedented waters. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, knowing, a God knowing that the time is going to come, you know, it can yeah. wait a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, so last year in June, when, um, when it felt like the, the worst of all that chaos had receded a little bit, um, then it, it, it gave us space to emotionally re-explore, start to Mm re-explore. So is this the time to actually begin, um, a concrete search for a replacement? And again, kind of miraculously we both felt that at the same time we both Mm. felt that that was last june was the time to make that official announcement to the congregation that we were going to launch a search knowing that that could take well we really didn't know yeah we didn't we didn't anticipate it would be like hey this is going to happen in well, I did, <laughs> but, but then I'm a realist. Rick's the optimist. He's like, yeah, we can have somebody in place by you know December, and I'm doing this sure. and this, and I was like, yeah, probably not, probably <laughs> not. Um, but but nevertheless, we were together in the. This is the time to launch this mm. search. Um, so what was that? Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, like, what was that like for you, that release type of moment? Uh, You know, it's, it had been, you know, a few years since you had thought it was going to be, you had felt this peace and joy of being back. And then you said you found yourselves at this place of feeling like it was ready. What was that, that decision moment like for you personally, as you're thinking through, you know, at that point, you know, the 40 one years of being here. I, I, I'm, I'm just curious how that felt to, you know, on that Sunday when Rick had the impromptu staff meeting to tell people, you know, the staff what he was going to share that weekend about, about starting, starting that search process. What were you thinking about at that time? Um, it's really going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually really going to happen. He has said it out loud. Out loud. <laughs> he has witnesses, you know, that, uh, that could, that could say yeah. this actually. It's in the news. It's it. being reported. No going exactly. back. <laughs> exactly. And, um, I thought there might be some moments along the way uh, that that we would kind of go, oh, snap, why did we say that? No, 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 we're not quite ready. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. And we didn't. We have not. We have not had, I don't think, a single moment, either of us, where we thought, wow, uh, did we get that wrong? This was, no, we didn't hear God right. We, man, I wish we'd said it in six. Nope, we both have felt um, that was it was right. We were together on it. We both felt it was right. We both felt God had led. And so again, there was a sense of peacefulness that God was leading. God was leading. Mm. And, and that we, again, I didn't know how long, but I felt like there was no going back. Yeah. And, and that in itself was uh, again clarity. Mm-hmm. That, that was a moment of clarity that was also good for, for us both. Mm. 
So I think that for the church too, it was good for the church yeah. to actually hear that. Cause you know, he'd made a, allusions to, right. you know, oh, one of these days, or, you know, he'd said 40 years and people are like, Hey, 40, does that mean you're leaving? You know, so there were, other is that literally, out. is this Bible time? Is this soon? Or is this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. so other people were asking too. So sure. I think it was just clarifying for our staff, clarifying yeah. for the com- congregation, giving everybody a chance to make that switch of, Oh, he really means it. Yeah. You know, this is, he's not just saying, Oh, one of these days, right. He's saying starting today. Yeah. And I think that's, that was good for our congregations and for our staff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, what is the process like of trying to find somebody to effectively replace you in your role, but knowing that they'll never be you. So what is that like? What was that process like in going through the search, but then also what was your prayer life like during that time? Because yeah. I've just got to imagine it's an on the knees all the time kind of a situation. Yeah, it, those are two different questions. Um, so the simpler one, uh, the quicker answer is, I think every church does it slightly differently of looking for a replacement. And when you're in a, um, you know, a church where the, um, a very large church where it's the founding pastor that yeah. is being replaced, I just think all of us, and I mean, I'm talking about the elders and, you know, senior staff and certainly our family kind of walk around going, I don't know. I've never <laughs> been here before. <laughs> I've never done this before. There wasn't anybody on staff who had done this before. Wow. And so it, it really did sometimes feel like the blind leading the blind. <laughs> Um, and the few large, really large churches where the, the senior or founding pastor has left doesn't, there's not a good track record out there. There are very few, there are some that have done it well, but it feels like the majority have not done it well. And there's chaos or hurt in the process and, you know, churches get torn up and, um, I, I mean, it gets really messy. So that part was a little scary. It wasn't like we could just pull a book off a shelf and say, okay, here are the 10 steps that you must follow to for a successful transition of a founding pastor, you know, after 42 years. <laughs> uh, no roadmap for this? There was no roadmap. And there were suggestions, there were hints, there were people that we could ask, you know, well, how did you do it? Or how yeah. did you do it? Or what would you avoid? Or what have you learned? Or you know, um, so there was plenty of those kinds of conversations. Um, and the, then it just felt like, like Rick said yesterday, there are lots of purpose-driven churches uh, in the United States. And so there really was a large pool of people, at least who had a PD background. And there were some, just some great younger, we really did want someone younger uh, because we wanted them to not be in the twilight of their of their ministry time, but that they could, if they wanted to, and if God called them to, they could stay for a um, for a longer time. Sure. So I think looking for somebody younger was important to us. It really was important to us that that there be um, some kind of a dynamic in the couple themselves that. I mean, my, when I was saying my ideal is that the wife also preaches mm-hmm. and that she speaks, um, that to me just, I felt that was really important. I thought it was important for the way, based on the way that Rick and I have led. No, I've never been on staff, never really wanted to. It wasn't ever really 
an issue for me. And besides starting the church 40 years, 42 years ago, that wouldn't have even been within the realm <laughs> of my consciousness. <laughs> but I made a decision along the way that that isn't something that I was seeking. I felt like by that, by the time that became more of something that we were, it's kind of a sidebar here, but by when we were starting to think and talk, other people were talking about that as a, uh, uh, for women's role in evangelical churches. For me, it came down to, you know what? That would be such a switch in our church. I've already spent 25, 30 years not being in a staff position. I don't have power over buddy. I can't, I can't hire or fire anybody. I can't, I, somebody can talk to me and I'm not, they don't have to worry that, you know, that I, in a staff position there, that just, I can just be a person who loves them, who cares about this church and, I was very comfortable with that. And I didn't see any point to change that. So for me, it, it just was not something I thought about, but I thought going forward that that would be um, really um, important in our, in our church and um, elders and Rick felt so as well. So, but we didn't have a, like this firm requirement that had to be this way, but we really thought it would be great to have a strong couple who were younger, who also had both teaching gifts, who also had, um, energy, you know, um, the energy of a 40 year old, 40 year old is very different from that of 68 year olds. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that the two 40 year olds coming in yeah. <laughs> have a little bit more energy than we do. Um, and that was, that was important, but that they also be people that had a reputation for integrity, mm-hmm. super important that, that there be a um, history of integrity of um, commitment to their family, a passionate surrender to God. The, the second primary thing to me, I've listed those others, but I remember just telling Rick, I just want him to love our people. I just mm-hmm. want, and it would be so weird because there may be, and I would even pray, God, I don't know who these people are. I don't know where they are today or what they're doing, yeah. but would you put a love in their heart for the congregation at Ah, makes me cry. That you put a love in their heart for this church that they have no connection to, but suddenly there's a strange drawing in them toward our congregation. And would that love just grow and grow and grow so that when we meet and when we become, you know, when you make it plain, there will, it's not like they're going to have to drum up this feeling of affection for your flock here at, at Saddleback. There will be some already thing that you've done in their hearts. Um, so that was something that, that we were praying. So that just became, you know, this very slow, uh, another thing was that I think made it challenging was just trying to keep it quiet. <laughs> sure. Trying to keep it private. Yeah. I mean, even as you're just beginning the search, yeah. you don't mess with people's lives like no. that. Yeah. You know, you don't mess with somebody else's congregation. You don't dangle something out in front of a pastor and then go, oops, never mind. Yeah. Right. You know, you just, you just don't do that. No. And, and so how do you talk with people without creating expectation in them? Mm or getting it back to their church in a way that is harmful to them before. So it was delicate, you know, it was just delicate to, to have conversations, to talk to people, to have pastors come and speak and preach and um, see where the spirit led. Yeah. So, no, that's, yeah. I wanted to hop on exactly what you just finished with listening where the spirit led. And I wanted to ask you, what had you previously learned about listening to God's 
voice to God's guidance that came into play here, you know, that you were able to put into practice in this, you know, searching time? Well, you would think we had talked about this ahead of time, and I asked you to ask me that question. <laughs> we <laughs> did not. In fact, me. Kate does not know any of the questions we're asking oh, her today. <laughs> so, but that speaks to, for me, the heart of where where it has gone um, in 2022. That What I was sharing was really mostly about up to 2021 and yeah. a little bit into 20, a couple of months into 2022. But I would say this whole transition from from three years before mm-hmm. the 40th, what was yeah. supposed to be, up to where we are today, has I would just call it comes in segments mm. or, or phases. And so all of those three years of where I'm like, okay, we're not leaving, but I thought we were leaving. And I don't know why we're not leaving, but Rick says we're not leaving. Okay, <laughs> that was the segment. And then there was the segment last year when he announced and we were ready to save it. So that, that, that was a small segment, that, that little period of time. And then the search period has been a segment. And then the period from when we met and, and fell in love with Andy and Stacy and up to the announcement yesterday, that was a segment. Well, yesterday started a whole new segment. Yeah. Uh, Now it's announced. Everybody in the world knows normal time is gone. (laughs) It will be exactly the same. So now we're in a next segment, but we're still here. So there's, there's all these segments and phases. So in that phase in between when we started, um, you know, having conversations with people and, and had not felt God had not felt the spirit leading, had not felt, had talked to so many good people. And, you know, we've had some of the outstanding, you know, pastors and and preachers come and speak to Saddleback and, and not, not never, not everybody was somebody that we were, um, you know, checking out, but the point was we were just trying to have our hands open Mm -hmm. and between that and finding Andy and Stacy, there was a period in which my faith and my trusting God's leading uh, became became paramount for me. I was doing um, chronological reading through the Bible this year. I've read it the last two years, the Bible all the way through. The first time I read it, I had just, I, I, I'm really embarrassed to say this, but I had not ever made a commitment to read the Bible from beginning to end. Sure. I'm so embarrassed to say that, but it's just true. So, um, so three years ago I made the decision and I read it from Genesis to Revelation mm-hmm. And last year, I started in Revelation and read back to Genesis. Oh, oh wow! So, yeah, so that was an that was an interesting to start from the end to go back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then this year, I decided I was going to read chronologically. Mm. So, um, so I'm reading in this really cheesy chronological Bible. It doesn't even <laughs> feel like a Bible. It's the hot pink cover. Who makes a I don't know. It was just, and it's large print to boot. You know, is that an NLT? I'm seeing there. Kay? is that is that an NLT? Yeah, that's an, yeah. That's an LT. Okay. I can tell by the co- okay. It doesn't even feel like a box. <laughs> it's not leather. It's not. No, I mean, it's not leather. It doesn't have my years of markings, but it was chronological. So anyway, yeah. so I'm reading in this foreign Bible, <laughs> um, and and I got to where in Exodus when the Israelites left, and this was about in um, March, in February, March. I was just struggling because I was I couldn't hear God. I couldn't hear God. I could not hear the spirit. It was almost as though he had stopped talking. Mm. And 
it was taking so long and Rick's health was, you know, he'd gone through these health struggles and crises that also let us know that the timing, this was definitely the time. So here's this pressure of his health is not doing really well. And, and the clock is ticking because I knew at the end of 2022, we couldn't go past that. We really couldn't, mm-hmm. but God hadn't brought the people. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm reading in Exodus where God is is taking the Israelites out of um, out of Egypt, and you know they they go out, they have their their you know they have the Passover, they have their firstborn. And Pharaoh basically says, "Okay, get out." You know, tells them in Exodus 12, "Get out." You know, take take these people out of here. And so they leave. They have the Passover, and and then it talks about how um, it says in Exodus 13. The Israelites left Sukkah and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. And then I kept reading of all these places. And then the, and then the Lord went in front of them. And then the Lord did this. I just started marking out places. And then the Lord led them. Um, the Lord, oh, just all these places, all in Exodus um, numbers nine, where it kind of repeats it, wherever the clouds settled, um, that's where they would set up camp. And in this way, the, they traveled and they camped at the Lord's command, wherever he told them to go. Then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. And if the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duties. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days. So the people would only stay for a few days. And then at the Lord's command, they would break on and move on. And sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning, but day or night. When the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and they moved on. And so they camped or traveled at the Lord's command, and they did whatever the Lord told them to do through Moses. Um, And it just said that you need to know, he says, that I will go before you in the cloud over and over and over. The Lord will go before you. He's cared for you all along the way as you traveled as a father cares for his children. He has gone before you, guiding you by day, by night. I've carried you as um, on eagle's wings. I have watched your every step through this great wilderness during these 40 years. The Lord has been with you and you have lacked nothing. I've been a Christian 60 years. I've been in church from the day my parents brought me home from the hospital, but somehow reading this mm-hmm. at this time has been so powerful to me because I just understood in a new way. I shared a little of this at staff meeting yesterday that this cloud was in front of them and they couldn't really see what was, they couldn't see what was in front of them. We don't know how big that cloud was. It says it was over the tabernacle. Was it, did it stretch for a mile? Did it stretch for three feet? We don't know, but we know that it's some way it obscured their vision of what was ahead of them. And yet 
they had for 40 years. That was the only way they could move forward is when the cloud did. And they never knew, was that cloud going to lead them into a pit, into an abyss? Was it going to take them smack into a mountain? Was it going to lead them into a a fertile valley? Was it going to lead them more into the desert? They didn't know because they couldn't see. Wow. And so they had to hold on to these promises where God said, I will lead you all the way. And I am good. I, you're on my heart. I'm carrying you on eagle's wings. I will, I will bring you into my mountain. I will, I've purchased you. I will take you in. And so for me, that became both a tie to my past and a tie to my future. Because growing up in church, there was this hymn called All the Way My Savior Leads Me. And um, and it says, all the way my Savior leads me. What have I to fear beside? Can I doubt your tender mercies? Who through life has been my guide? Um, and then it goes on to say, when my song and my song through endless ages will be Jesus led me all the way. So I would have these moments of God, I cannot see. I believe you're leading us. I believe you'll bring a person. But what will that be like? I can't see my husband not being the senior pastor. We've spent our adult life in this one place. This is all I know. What will that be like? I can't see it. I could get up to the place of, and then I'd run into the cloud. Mm. And I couldn't see what was beyond that. And then I would fall back into that hymn, All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to fear beside? Can I doubt his tender mercies? Who through life has been my guide. And what will my song be through endless ages? Jesus led me all the way. So I'd have these days of great faith and great trust. And then I would get so overwhelmed by the fact that I couldn't see. And then it felt like that old, how they would talk about in the middle ages, sometimes how they would put on maps, you know, the dragons and the leviathans. <laughs> and and there be dragons. And then I would think, no, there be dragons. <laughs> there be dragons. I can't see beyond that. What's on the other side of that? I can't see. What if there's dragon on the other side of that? What if it goes to hell in a handbasket? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then I would swing back to the, he is good. I can't see, but he's good. I trust him. He's good. But there be dragons. <laughs> so, you know, in, in an hour, I could just swing. And I have it all in my journal, um, all, all of those places. And then, God, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. Um, and so that was, that's probably been my latest experience of, of trying to hear the Spirit and mm. hearing Him and also being exhilarated and terrified, confident, fearful at the same time. And when we met Andy and Stacy, and it just so quickly became clear to us that they were God's choice mm. for Saddleback. The cloud moved. Yeah. I could take some steps forward. Mm. And in that movement, it was not into abyss, into <laughs> a mountain. It was not into a pit. It is into a fertile land um, where he will continue to carry us on eagle's wings and where he will carry the people of Saddleback. And I have just experienced such 
incredible piece. Mm. I, I don't know, but I'm not afraid anymore. Mm. And that is a great feeling after experiencing a lot of unrest in my spirit, a lot of questioning in my spirit, and then being in the wilderness, not hearing him, mm-hmm. not being able to see and to have the cloud move and to know, yes, it is true. Jesus led me all the way. So, you know, obviously we now know that Andy and Stacy were the choice and we can say that Andy is a friend of the pod. We had him on a couple months ago when he was out here visiting. I got That's to, right. I got to interview him, which was great. And um, so I wanted to ask you that moment of decision, that moment that you and Rick said it's, it's them. What was that moment like for you guys? I'm trying to yeah, on. It's getting hot here. Um, it didn't happen in a moment for me, at least in the way that some of these other moments have happened. Mm. You know, I've described several moments sure. in, you know, as we've been talking today yeah. that were clarity in a moment. I feel like this was, I remember the, the weekend they came and I um, sat backstage with them and I don't think I did this with anybody else who came. I invited Stacy to come sit with me mm. and and I don't know why, why I don't, maybe I did, I don't remember, but I didn't, but somehow it felt right. And I remember standing on the front row with her, both of us worshiping, hands lifted in worship. And the thought came to me, is this, mm. is this my girl? Yeah. You know, is, is she, is she it? <laughs> is she the person who is coming? Is her husband, here we are sitting here, both of us listening to her husband speak. And I thought he did such a great job and, and she's taking notes and I'm taking notes. And there was just this kind of like, I just kind of kept looking over at her, you know, I'm in front of my eye, like, are we, are we it? I, don't, I mean, are we like, are we joined together? Are we like sisters here? And we don't even know it yet. And, um, and then backstage with them, it was just so comfortable. It was easy. Yeah. So when Rick came home the next morning after interviewing them, giving them as he is, as, as, as Andy called it in his <laughs> comments, our own personal purpose driven church that's, conference that's yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> with Rick that night. Um, I didn't go cause I've heard it a few times. But, um, <laughs> so the next morning when Rick said, I want to talk to them again, mm. there was in me is like, okay, mm. great. Do it. Wow. Do it. Um, and then from there, just every conversation, truly every conversation, every encounter was surer than the one before. So it, it gradual, it was gradual, yeah. but it wasn't this big revelatory. Big flashing light. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it was truly more like that gentle whisper of the spirit, That's you good. know, the soft, the soft voice of the spirit. I love that. I love that so much. Um, so for you, as you now think about what you will do with your time, what, what you have, you know, what are you going to put your energy into? So what is life after being the senior pastors of Saddleback look like for you? What are you looking forward to? 
It's really funny because in the little bit of time since then, all these people are trying to usher us off to the retirement home. You know, like, <laughs> no, I can't you imagine that. a well-deserved rest. Yeah. Rest? What are you talking about? We're not <laughs> resting. Um, we're, you know, yeah, we're not going off to play golf or heading off to the retirement home. We, oh, no. you know, God, God willing, I, I tweeted today, God willing, we have many years of active kingdom of ministry ahead of us. Rick is, um, very, he's committed to finishing the task and, you know, you'll, hopefully you'll get to have him on and have him yeah. explain that. But just in short, it's, a it's, um, it's an attempt by Christian mission organizations and uh, both in evangelism and scripture translation and everything to get a, a Bible in, in the hands of every person on the planet, a church for every group of people who've never heard the name of Jesus. And so a Bible, a believer, a body of Christ and breakthrough prayer and working with all these um, thousands of agencies who are already active in that to coordinate that effort by, by the year 2033, the 2000th anniversary of, of, of Pentecost. So, you know, Rick, that was the, that was the elevator speech version, but Rick <laughs> is going to be really active in that. And I intend to continue the mental health yeah. ministry that God put in my heart after after Matthew died, that uh, I have a passion for moms, dads who have children who, with, um, who live with serious mental illness. I have found great joy and gratification in um, bringing to them some of the things I didn't have when Matthew was alive and to be able to minister to them, to minister hope, to minister concrete suggestions, ability to form a community with each other, that is going to continue and um, be a volunteer in the mental health ministry at Saddleback. I'll, I'll be, I'll do anything my, my pastor asks me. (laughs) (laughs) So if they want me to teach something, I'll teach it. If they want me to lead something, I'll lead it. If they want me to just show up with, you know, the cheerleader pom poms and um, you know, I can, find a pair of those at target and do that. And, yeah. um, I see us being very, very active in, in that hopefully getting to go visit our kids in Idaho yeah. a little more frequently and, um, watch the birds in my backyard. I think when I talk to you guys, do you remember if I, Jason, when I talked to you, was I talking about the birds? Yes. Then? Yes, you were. Uh, well, I'm still madly in love with the birds. <laughs> The birds have centered my time every day outside in my yard in a little bit of wildflowers and my bird feeders. Uh, I'm telling you, watching crows chase a hawk is exhilarating. (laughs) (laughs) It's good times, I'm telling you. It is. What are are you most looking forward to for Andy and Stacy as they transition down here? Hmm. That's a really good question. I have to think about that because I haven't thought about that. <laughs> um, I I guess I hope that they know that they they only have to be themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they only have to be themselves. Mm-hmm. God made Andy and God made Stacy and He made their children as unique individuals and. Um, of course it would be unrealistic to say that people don't have, won't have high expectations of them. Of course they will. And that can create high expectations within themselves. Uh, if they give in to any of that pressure. And, uh, so I think I pray for them mostly that they just 
are able to move in the freedom mm. uh, and the pleasure of being who God made them to be and not, I mean, just like flicking off their shoulder anytime <laughs> anybody tries to put any weight of be like Rick or be like Kay or, I mean, I know Rick has big shoes. But I know that. I mean, we'd be ridiculous. We didn't <laughs> acknowledge that at the same time, the church doesn't need Rick Warren iteration two. It needs, it needs the person that God has called for this time, this season, this move, this generation. And um, if that's, I probably pray that most of all, when I think about it is they can, they literally have the freedom within themselves to be who God made them to be. I love it. Well, Kay, I hope that you've seen the outpouring of love for you and Rick on social media. You, you know, you guys posted yesterday with this news and all that, everything, and it's just been a tidal wave of <laughs> affection and love and appreciation, and that is completely echoed on this podcast. And as you said, you're not going anywhere, so we uh, we will desperately be You're wanting to <laughs> we will desperately be wanting to have you back on the uh, just a peek behind the curtain. We were going to be talking all about the mental health ministry today, and then you know with with a little peppering of transition stuff, and then when the announcement was made yesterday, we said we may have some more questions. And, and Kay was yeah. very kind in, in pushing back this recording, knowing that we, they were going to announce yesterday and that we may want to talk a little bit more about that. So <laughs> we, we really do appreciate your, your openness, your honesty about how this whole process was going. And I hope that you know uh, just how valued and appreciated you and your husband are is, you know, I'm thinking of, of you specifically right now with, you know, in the time that I've been here, it, you know, going through for, from foundations to orphan care, to m- mental health in the church, to your love for, for uh, the pastor's wives, including my own wife at retreats and whatnot. And, um, and your, and just your really, um, your love to, to take on what other people are caring about mm-hmm. and to pour into them and, and learn more about what's on other people's hearts so that you can be an advocate for them too. That's um, it's just, it's something that is, is so rare. And on, if we, I, I, we don't have the time and I want to keep this focused because I want to have you back on too, to talk about all the other stuff in the church too, SBC stuff and all, you know, all this other stuff too, at some stuff. point, because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just want you to know, we deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate you and Thanks, all the ministry that you've done with this church. So thank you so much. And I'm thank just, you. Thank you. You and Linda. Well, I was just going to say, I'm sparing our audience all of my love for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be overflowing until tomorrow. <laughs> you know that. No, Linda, Linda, you've always been an encouragement to me. You know, you're just, you are so kind to express your, um, emotions and affection for us. I mean, no, genuinely, you, you're genuinely affectionate and kind and uh, appreciative and you you never hold back on that. And I can always count on you in a really positive way. I can always count on you in a positive way to be affirming and supportive. And so I deeply appreciate you too. And Jason, thank you for these years that you and Alicia have been here at Saddleback and all the doable discipleship programs <laughs> you've produced and the ways that you guys have blessed 
the body of Christ through those. Oh, thank you. Yes, we just had our five-year anniversary on the podcast, which is just crazy to think about. Um, wow. <laughs> Um, for those of you listening too, um, I mentioned that we did an interview a couple months ago with Andy. We are re-releasing that this, uh, this past weekend. So that'll be on the top of your feed, right underneath this conversation. If you had not heard that conversation, go back and listen to that and get to know Andy a little bit. And, um, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. There's a lot of, you know, fun things with transition that is coming up. And so make sure that you are checking out, um, everything with, uh, um, celebrating uh, Pastor Tom, who who will be uh, le- or do, giving yes. his final message in July. I'm hoping that we'll have him on again to talk about um, his yes. transition stuff. And then you uh, should, you should. Tom, Tom is just he he's just one of those stellar pillars of faith in the kingdom of God. And so is. I'm I yeah I'm I hope you'll be able to have him on again too. Yes, me too. And then, um, and then in September, when uh, when we do the commissioning stuff uh, service for for Andy and Stacy. So, Kay, thank you so much for your time, friends. Right, we we you love guys. you. Bless you. Thanks, you guys. We will be back with you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week